Hello, and welcome to the Keen Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin, Emergency Edition. <laughs> Curb, how are you in these trying times? Just great, Justin. How about yourself? Well... I know we signed off last time, said it was going to be the end of the year, but Curb, sometimes um, you got to do your duty as a as an opinionator in this world of open wheel racing, and I think that's what we're doing. I just laugh that our that our IndyCar, little IndyCar podcast having an emergency show about a Formula One race, but anyway, let's go. Well, I think what we're going to do, Curb, is this going to be brief, and and this is admittedly spurred on by the race. Uh, in uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, but I think we're going to approach it from the standpoint of uh, this is a cautionary tale uh, for IndyCar. Or, or a blast from the past, depending on how you want to look at it. Curb, uh, I don't think we need to recap in any great detail what happened in Abu Dhabi. I think anybody who's interested can read about it. Bottom line, I think, Curb, and correct me if you feel like this is different. Very controversial finish. Both sides complaining about the officiating, the rules. We might not know the final result of the race, and therefore, who's the actual world champion for, I don't know how long this process will take her, but months would probably, especially going into this time of year, wouldn't surprise me. Well, I think they said that uh, the next uh, 22 season starts in, what, 98 days, something like that. So it might be a good over-under wager as to whether this 21 season will be decided before the 22 season starts. <laughs> Curb, maybe we should start with just uh, your opinion and my opinion is like who was wrong. Uh, you'd like to have a stab at that. So people know our biases going in. I think Hamilton got screwed. Frankly, I fell asleep uh, as usual during this F1 broadcast and your your text messages in the middle of the night uh, made me go back and watch the end of it. They just flat out didn't follow the rules. I don't know what the motivation was. Hopefully it was a a pure motivation of wanting to give the fans a, a racing finish, but poorly handled and uh, sounds like it was handled against the written rules and regulations. Right. And there were alternatives within the rules, which would appear to have been far more uh, palatable, i.e. a red flag at the end for maybe, you know, a couple laps left, which would allowed Hamilton to at least change his tires. The ruling and the kind of skewing of the rules certainly Gave every advantage to Verstappen. Kind of the irony is that uh, by playing loose and fast with the rules in order to get a sporting finish, you determined who the winner was by not giving the two combatants you know, equal footing, as you're saying. Curb, as promised, we just, we're going to look at this in the view of parallels are to maybe IndyCar's past, some of the warnings for IndyCar uh, present and future. Center of all this controversy is uh, one uh, race FIA race director, uh, Mr. Uh, Michael Massey, who... I think I, I mentioned in the last podcast, seemed to be kind of relishing and being in the spotlight a little bit, you know, getting his getting his mug on TV and his conversations with Horner and Total Wolf. I, I don't know if anybody else actually speaks to him. It, it doesn't seem like any of the other team <laughs> principals has a conversation with the guy. But um seems like uh, Massey and, and, and he seemed to kind of relish in kind of having those uh, conversations out there. And, and it was just almost comical to the point where, you know, here it is, you know, this frenzied last minute of the last lap of the race and Total Wolf sitting there arguing with Massey 
over the radio about <laughs> ruling as the laps going on. It was it was uh, comedy, I would say. Comedy. Well, but I mean that was preceded by Horner complaining about the ruling and then getting a decision made in his favor after his complaint. So, um, you know, it's like having Bobby Knight on one side and, and uh, you know, Gene Cady on the other side or whatever, you know, John at the refs, you know, during a basketball game trying to get uh, soften him up for the next call, you know, makes it easier, more easy to second guess him when he makes that about face after getting an earful from Christopher Horner. Yeah, I mean, he's, he has set himself up for a fall here. A His predecessor and, and somebody who I think we all uh, think fondly of in terms of, of this type of position uh, in IndyCar, Charlie Whiting before uh, seemed to have a good uh, reputation and obviously and stayed out of the limelight, didn't try to make the story about him. And uh, I think on the IndyCar side, Wally Dallenbach, much the same, right? Kind of quietly went about his job, really just, you know, eschewed the, the limelight and, and tried to, you look back with a bit of rose-colored glasses, but they were well thought of. This guy is definitely taking a different tact, and I don't think it's going to serve him well. No. Immediately after watching the race last night, I likened it to NASCAR, but as we uh, chatted this morning, you know, really, at least NASCAR, as much as we may make fun of some of their rules with the the uh, overtime and all that kind of stuff, it at least it's in the rules. It's written down on paper, and they follow the rules, even if you think they're kind of uh, something you want to make fun of. But but here, he was kind of making it up as he was going for the benefit of the show. You know, kind of likened him more back to the Barnhart days of IndyCar, right? The IRL, yeah. 2011 or 2012 when they had the the restart at New Hampshire in the rain. And he was always the guy. He, some people, his defenders would give him credit for coming out and, uh, and explaining himself. And his detractors, of course, thought he was a – uh, publicity hound and but, it's, it's, but it's, it's just a similar kind of uh personality it seems like to the guy that's running f1 now based on 100%, yesterday 100%. michael massey is the brian barnhart of f1 and i i don't think i could be much more critical than that of the guy you know out before the you know give me four good ones kind of thing before on the car radios when they thinks the, the racing's too aggressive telling people to calm down and yeah, uh, you talk about a guy who kind of just bent the rules to skew in favor of certain people. And I'm not sure Massey's doing that. I mean, he, he seems to be all over the place. He just seems to be like wanting to be the kingmaker no matter what. He doesn't really care who he makes king, just more like he wants to be it. Uh, Barnhart definitely seemed to have his favorites. Favorite thing was the limelight and um, the being the center of the whole thing. I mean, Relish, I think, being the center of it all. Yeah, just a shame. I I I, I, follow, I read the headlines. I don't read the articles. I don't watch most of the races. Uh, but you know, listening to you talk about it, it's one of the more interesting Formula One seasons in recent memory. And uh, for it to end like this is a shame. Well, as I told you this morning, this is what you get when you sell out to an American company. Um, uh, you're gonna get uh, this kind of drive to survive, you know, commercialization and and loss of purity. You know, there's probably more than a few euros lamenting the the loss of the purity of Formula One and in, in in favor of uh, TV ratings. Kerb, well, here's one thing I haven't seen a lot of talk about, and I thought maybe we just ended on that, unless uh, you're got it, you're busting to say uh, something more. Kerb. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts. What do you think Mercedes should do now? I'd go to the wall, man. I'd I'd, I'd pursue every avenue I had. Um, I don't know what the avenues are. I don't know if it's a court of court appeals. Of F, F yeah, FIA court of appeals. By the 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 black and white of the rule book, 
I think it's a close, you know, open and shut case in Mercedes' favor. Whether they would have the guts to do that two months from now is probably a, an open question. Can I offer an alternative action, course of action? Sure. I, I, this is probably more from Lewis Hamilton's perspective than from from a, you know a Mercedes perspective. Okay. I say this kind of more with him in mind than with uh, than with Mercedes in mind, but you know Lewis Hamilton has won seven world championships at this point, right? Right. Uh, tied with Michael Schumacher. So you could say, ah, oh, number eight is super important because that's what puts him over Michael Schumacher. Okay. Right. I think if if Lewis Hamilton has the size of ego that I think Lewis Hamilton has. If he really wants to make himself, you know, immortal, if you will, or relatively immortal, the the tact he should take is, you know what? I got totally screwed. Mercedes got totally screwed. We won the thing. We know we did. But for the sake of the sport, for the sake of the integrity of the sport, we're not going to press this any further. And just remind everybody throughout the whole entire off season and well into next season that that's what you did. And I think, I think open and shut case, St. Louis Hamilton, he'll be Sir St. Louis Hamilton. That sounds nice. Uh, I I mean, you know, I don't don't think that's the real world that uh, the real world of formula one is. I'm not, that's what, that's what I think would be so brilliant about it. It would be such a perceived as such a magnanimous. Can you imagine the headlines tomorrow? If he did that, Lewis rises above it all, you know, because he's he's kind of painting himself in that way. You know, he's he's got all these causes and so forth. So he's kind of painted himself in that direction. Anyways, this is his chance to just put it right over the top. I I can see that possibility. Um, But as you said, this isn't just a Lewis Hamilton thing. Right. So he could take that position if he wanted to. But that isn't going to stop Mercedes from doing what they no, want. No, no, and I told you, I prefaced all this with saying right, that I'm not right. sure Mercedes is going to go for it. But you know, you can Mercedes could drag themselves into that too. That we talked with Lewis, and you know what? He's right. We're just a bigger company than that. We just, we, you know, we we care too much about the sport to drag it through this, even though we got screwed. I think Mercedes could take the high road too, and and maybe come out of this. And by the way, he has still a very good chance of winning number eight next year, anyways. So, so I, if I was Mercedes, or I was Toto Wolf, I, would I ruin it if I said, uh, even though we think Christopher Horner's a dick, we're going to take the high road and not pursue this uh, appeal? Horner and Wolf are both doing what they perceive as their job, right? Sure. And it just so happens that Horner got the better of it uh, yesterday or the day before, however you want to look at it. That would probably be the stroke of genius, but they have to do it now before they, you know, before this goes any further, in my opinion, you know, they just, because if they wait till the court case goes on and, or, or starts, then, oh, they were going to lose anyway. So they just, they're just say that. But if they do it now, it will look like they just made a magnanimous gesture to the sport. That's why then do you feel as strong as I do that it's an open and shut case by the the regulations as we've been explained to us? Well, I've been in enough legal entanglements, Curb, and I know you have been a few that there, there's never a sure sure win in anything, right? No, um, that's not my that's not my question. My question is, do no, you I think understand. That- I, yes, I well, if I'm the judge, yeah, it's an open and shut case. They they bent the rules. They didn't follow their own rules, 
And the FAIA hiding behind this kind of catch-all rule, which is like the guy can do whatever he wants. If that's their defense, that's a very poor defense. Those same things are written into the IndyCar rules last time I checked, Curb. But, I mean, if you start, if you have to start going to those, then you're probably in the wrong. Right. Having having said that, then, do you think they got the nuts to uh, to rule in Hamilton's favor and, and overturn this, you know, 60 days after the season ended or whatever, whenever that might be? I don't have enough insight into that the politics at that level of the FAA. I really don't. I don't know. I don't know how impartial that uh, particular mechanism would be. Right. Fair enough. All right, Curb. Emergency session well, over. To, to, to IndyCar's credit, they have the they have a red flag rule, and uh, presumably they'll follow it in the future. Any comment on uh, Paul Tracy not commentating, Curb? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a disappointment they won't be on the the broadcast anymore. Probably my favorite of the three members of the booth the last so many years uh, i feel like the the information i've gotten you know word on the street kind of thing that it is kind of legitimate like he just couldn't work a deal out with those guys he wanted to but couldn't that seems to be gaining momentum as the truth so uh if that's the case then uh, i'm kind of happy for him you know he's doing what he wants to do so good for him uh, but bad for us and uh james hinscoff i'm sure uh, should be sending um paul fruitcake for christmas what do you think Probably a likely uh, possibility, although supposedly he's got a, a sports car ride next year. So um, he may have scheduling conflicts of his own. But All right, Curb. Enough's enough. This is uh, emergency edition over. All right. Well, once again, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to everybody out there. Uh, Twitter, at Hero IndyCar, at H-I-R-O IndyCar. Follow mm-hmm. us. For God's sake, follow us. All right. I'll, I'll say it again. Happy or Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you next year. Yes. Bye.